Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hello, this is Daisy and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country podcast, number four in the Bulgarian Apple Podcast TV review charts. Ooh. We're nearly there. We're nearly <laughs> at the summit of the Bulgarian <laughs> Apple Podcast charts. Um, I'm here once again with the wonderful Neil. Thank you very much, Pav, and thank you, Bulgaria. <laughs> Sounded like the Eurovision Song Contest. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Neil Pong. <laughs> and joining us this week, uh, he's a uh, an old. I mean, when I say old friend, I don't mean he's old. I mean old as in he's been there from the very, very beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Martin Mucklow himself, Mr. Paul Cooper. Hello, he's and my <laughs> shadow as well. I just <laughs> yes. <following> me around. <laughs> I can never get the fucking lighting with <laughs> Zoom. You know, loads <laughs> banks of lights, and it still looks shit. Don't worry about it. We can still see your wonderful face. So, uh, um, right. Before we do anything else, before we get into the whole Martin Mucklow of it all, uh, we're going to go through Sandra's scores from last week when obviously we spoke to the lovely Holly Atkins uh, all about Sandra. First of all, we have uh, from Samantha. um, She's done a lot of work on what she thinks is Sandra's backstory. Ooh, so, and I almost feel like I should have the uh, Simon Bates R tune <laughs> background. So let me go through. This is what Samantha thinks is Sandra's backstory. Local to the area, she attended the same school as Sue and was best friends with Auntie Pat. Her parents ran the local social club where she spent many a teenage evening watching her dad play darts with Stan Mucklow. The social held the annual village darts championship each year, and during one semi-final, she was introduced to Felix Fishfinger, and the pair quickly became inseparable. Uh, 
She took a Saturday job at the local hairdressers. An apprenticeship followed, and within three years, she'd worked her way up to principal stylist and colorist at the salon in the square. A surprise inheritance from an estranged uncle provided her with an opportunity, and Sandra's hair studio was established on the high street later that same year. Everybody still with me? Yeah, sounds yeah, good. Sounds like How- a box set. Yeah. <laughs> However, Martin's series twelve. <laughs> <laughs> However, Martin's reappearance in the village was the catalyst for Sandra's bad luck. She was totally smitten, and so began their two-year affair before Fish found out and dumped her for two timing. She lost her beloved salon after having to pay off Martin's legal fees relating to an ongoing court case, an unfinished driveway and dodgy garage roof in Stroud, and was forced to sell a cottage as she couldn't keep up with the mortgage repayments. After squatting for a period of time and then living in a caravan, they finally moved into a house on the outskirts of the village. Following the news, Sandra was pregnant with their second child. Today, she works as a dinner lady in the village primary school while Martin continues doing what he does best, shafting people. (laughs) So there you go. I feel a bit, you know, yeah, we only had one paragraph each last week. (laughs) The girl... The girl worked hard on that. Jeez. She did. Right, well done, Holly. Samantha. Well Thank done. you very yeah. much for that. Samantha, right. right. right yes. So these I thought it was Holly, did it? No, no, no. This was Samantha. Uh, Holly's, Holly's was, um, oh, Holly was, what was it? I can't remember what she was. She was a spy. No, she was a Russian gymnast, wasn't she? That's right. Yeah. Apparently, that had defected. Um, yeah, that was that was Holly's uh, story. Right. So these are Sandra's scores. Uh, forgot range, 44. As Peeper, 17. Random Acts of Kindness, 61. Cockwomble, 45. And Having a Laugh, 33. So, Paul, do you think they're quite fair scores for Sandra? Yeah, out of how many? This is out of 100. Oh, right. They're all quite quite middling scores. Random Acts of Kindness, the highest for 61. So I think, think, you know, it's a middling sort of... Scott, a steady I think, card. But I think the thing is with, with Sandra is that it's it's Martin that drags her scores down. Mm. I think that's that. This is going to be interesting in what <laughs> Martin's scores are going to be. Ah. <laughs> my only and my my one and only uh, screen kiss was uh... indeed, indeed. We heard all about that last week. Oh right, okay. <laughs> Should we hear about your side of it then? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, your side. Of this it. is like Mr. I didn't Mrs. know there wasn't meant to be tongues. No one <laughs> well, that was the thing. She she said that she was going to keep it quiet on whether there were tongues, but now you've <laughs> blown it out of the water. We know. I mean, like you say, that was your that was your first screen kiss. Were you nervous? No, I, actually, I I I I was very nervous because I didn't know what you know. I I just thought you just. And she said, she said, look, don't worry. She was really good. She said, don't worry. Uh, I've done this before. And um, yeah, you just press your lips together and go like that, basically. Yeah. Because it was only, no was, tongues. It, yeah. was it only ever a long shot or did they, did they ever film it as a, they filmed a... it a long shot, but they kind of said, get in and get, get down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have secret cameras well, elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we we were saying that you, you messed up the take on purpose so that you could go in again. Yeah, go in again. Yeah, I, Martin took me over and I <laughs> just compelled to. Yeah, 
Because we had heard that we had no tongues. You know, I was on my knees at the time. We had heard there was 87 takes of that particular <laughs> take, yeah. but that's not that's, that's not right. Just yeah. that morning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, we're going to delve into Martin because uh, I feel that we're going to have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, as qualified psychiatrists, I feel like we're going to have a lot of work and a lot of uh, yeah. um, sorting out to do with Martin. So, um, so Neil, did you come up with a, a little backstory? For yeah, Martin? I've got a, I've got an early years backstory for Martin, because um, obviously we know already through the series what happens in certain parts. So uh, let's begin. He's always been a lad of the village. So from his family, have always lived there, and so did he. And he was a bright young lad when he was at primary school, doing well academically and everything, until he hit that dreaded secondary school and got in with the wrong crowd, where he soon became the leader of his little gang. And everything started to go right or wrong, you, you decide, for Martin. Um, so he turned to petty crime. He liked to... Uh, <coughs> have his way with the women as much as he could. Uh, older, younger, what? well, I say younger, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> older, <laughs> any, any fluff will do, as they say. Um, and that's where it all went. And then he started up and as apprentice on a building site somewhere and became the Jack the Lad of the trade bit and started through there. So basically, it's secondary school that fucked him over. Okay. And then with the wrong crowd, that's where it all went wrong for him. So that's where I've got Martin at at the moment. Okay. Until we know. Okay, I'll do mine, and then we'll we'll let Paul let uh, Paul we'll let Paul finish off. <laughs> it's going to be like a carry on. It thing, is. Right? Okay, so I've got Martin as a child. Martin was a mummy's boy, uh, but while growing up, he would go out with his father while he worked on numerous building jobs. So I feel that he was sort of like. His dad was a builder, his dad's dad was a builder, and they just were always building. Uh, He would hear his dad spinning yarns to workmates and learning how to bullshit his way through life. I put that he was not academically gifted, but he was gifted in the gab department as well as the trouser department, of course. And there was one thing that I thought, that like there was something like his rosebud moment. There was a bike or something that he liked as a kid that he could never get, and that's why he did the whole... Um, Satan's fingers thing. It was something from his childhood. He always wanted a chopper. He always wanted a chopper, and it was like it was a bike thing that he wanted to do, and that sort of like was really what he wanted to do. But he became he took over his dad's firm, and he just ended up being a builder, and then the whole everything else all came. But it all comes. It all stems from his dad. I think he just had his dad as a role model, and I think that's where the badness came from. Yeah. Right then, Paul. Well, Martin Mucklow wasn't actually born. He was quarried. Uh, <laughs> that's the first thing. But actually, he was incredibly intelligent at school and uh, was one of the top in the county. And in fact, did classical Greek and Latin in year six and went on through the school years. He was seen as a, uh, a real boffin and slightly boring. And then on his 18th birthday, he went to the keepers with his mates and had a, a lot of beer to drink. Um, and in those days, he couldn't metabolise a pint in five minutes. And they walked drunkenly through the village, and uh, they bet him to uh, dive into the canal, uh, the, the lock, by the lock there. So he, he he dived into the lock, but it was a disused canal, and he landed on concrete. <laughs> 
and then became the Martin that we all, the lovable guy that rogue that we all love and know. So it started out very, very differently. And he had that connection with concrete kind of after that, making it, you know, but uh, <laughs> it was a dive yeah, head first on concrete. And that really changed everything. <laughs> he might have been, you know, presenting university challenge or something. I was going to so, say, where do you think he would have been when the series started? Where do you think he would have been if he hadn't have dived into the lock? Oh, I, I think he would have been, you know, a top scholar. He, he would have he would have gone to Oxford or Cambridge, you know. Mm. And, uh, so he would have been legendary, you know. I mean, Professor Martin Mucklow, both for his for his amazing brain and his amazing knob, you know. He, <laughs> The talk of the town. So, so you get yeah. the feel, you get the feeling that that Doctor Martin Mucklow would have come up with the COVID vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it'd he, been, would have, been... he would have gone round all the female population, uh, 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 injecting, <laughs> injecting, <laughs> but, but not through the usual <laughs> way. Uh, injecting yeah, his uh... serum into them all. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Jack the nation and there have been pictures yeah martin and 10 of the population's been done you know <laughs> i need a break <laughs> cries martin and, and why is it only women that are being having the vaccines <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got the courage yet oh my lord <laughs> i'll tell you what I'd watch originally, that series. I'd watch that series. Actually, originally what I was I'd started to write, which is on uh, my notes, was that a bit like you landing on your head, your story, Paul, was I had him getting drunk and fingering Sticky Vicky that changed him. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, no, that's too much. But now thinking of it, maybe that is the right way. <laughs> maybe it is. So, got range. Now, this is going to be interesting. Um well, I hope it's going to be interesting anyway. Uh, I've gone for 20 for Got Range because I think Martin is all mouth and trousers. I don't think he is good in a fight. I think he's all talk. Um, we From the, the one... I We get to see him in action, if you like, once when he's fighting um, Curtin. And it's, you know, I play by gypsy rules and, and you know... Yeah, he looks like he's got a good stance, but I think he's one of those guys that, that when it actually comes to the fight, he'll back away. He's he's a coward. That's yeah. personally what I think. So I've gone for 20. I've gone for a relatively low score. So, um, Paul, what do you think? No, I, I in fact, um, it's well known that, that the uh, King of Gypsy Rules fought the other King of Gypsy Rules, Tyson Fury. Um and, um, of course, you couldn't land the first punch. It went for three hours. And <laughs> got so bored, he just started, fell to his knees and wept. So, actually, Martin actually is unofficially the um, heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, right. <laughs> so not I, bad. I, He's not bad. So, I take it you've given him quite a high score, then. And without throwing a punch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's your score out of 100? Out of, um 95. Wow. <laughs> okay, Neil? I had 30 for the similar reason as you, Pav, that I thought he'd uh, start a fight but soon run away from it when it got too heavy or blag his way out of it. So, yeah, 30 for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, gypsy rules. Eh? I mean, it, I think- it reminds me of the um, the scene in um, Life of Brian in the... Uh, 
in the Colosseum where the guy comes out and is forced the slave and all he does is just keep running round and round <laughs> while the gladiators chase him. I have a feeling I made up gypsy rules on myself. I don't know, just on the spot. I, I can't remember. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so just... Just want to take that accolade, you know. No, so absolutely, we'll honour it. Up on that BAFTA stage for that one. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much to the BAFTA Academy. <laughs> it was my idea, the Gypsy Rules. I meant to ask you, Paul. Did did the, the Charlie or Daisy give you any kind of backstory to Martin when you first started filming? Um, no, not no, not really. Um, no, not at all, really. It's only really when we, the second series, when uh, Miranda Harcourt, uh, the acting coach, kind of came in and she did uh, a lot about, uh, let's think about your backstories and, um, and, and for instance, the tag team tugging thing, uh, said you need to be sitting at a carvery table. So we went to, in fact, the keepers, uh, you know, the, where they film it, has got a, a separate bit upstairs, which is a carvery. So we sat around the table and he said, right, you know, the mother-in-law would have been there and, you know, Sandra would have been sitting there. So to actually kind of go through, you know, she, she felt that you, you need to kind of go back and, um, uh, you know, things from your past that are kind of connected to the kind of story. Um, so that was quite interesting. But up until then, yeah, we hadn't really talked about it. Oh, right. Okay. Right That's then. a very long-winded way of saying it. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, okay. it's interesting. Also, the light, the shadow makes me look as if I got one tooth. Even <laughs> <laughs> in that Gypsy Rules fight again. Yeah. Tyson Fury got his uh, got his uh, revenge. Yeah. Um, right, this this one I don't think is going to be interesting in regards to scores because I'm pretty sure everyone's going to have the same score for Peeper. Uh, Neil, what's your 100. score? Hundred. He's the king of the peepers. I'm sure that was an Elvis film, but yeah, he's king of the peepers. <laughs> okay, uh, Paul. Uh, yeah, kind of ninety. You know, he has the odd off day. He has the odd off day. Okay, I've gone. I've gone. I'm the same as Neil. I've gone a hundred. I mean, uh, I think. I think you've got. A, you've got everyone's measured in peeping style to him. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He is. I mean, we've had. We've done two categories so far, and he's king of the gypsies and king of the peepers i mean mm. he's just he's a king of kings he is a king of kings absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh i think this is going to be our most unpc episode we've ever done i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be cutting surprise, this one surprise buggery teeth again i look like elvis costello if you put you do. yeah <laughs> tonight. i don't know why well, I mean, <laughs> never you know. looked like Elvis Costello before. It's just the lighting, yeah, and the glasses. I think, mm. yeah. Um, right, have we got anything else to add about is Peeper sort of that cut and dry? I think it is with Martin, yeah. isn't it? He, you know, he's laid his uh, he's laid his juice bare, hasn't he? When he tells that's, you on the series, that's what I does. That's what I does best. But the whole thing is, people think that you you, you peep without being seen. No, no, Martin makes sure that he's seen. That's the whole idea, because when he when he peeps on the ladies in the tennis court, he um, makes sure that they see him, and he, they, he gets lots of well, really, Martin, and a few slap faces, but he always has three cold uh, hearted stuffings around the back of the changing room. <laughs> they feel flattered, you know, and they there's always a couple that feel flattered. So, do, so 
do you think that he backs up his peeping? So his peeping, oh, yeah. his peeping isn't just for him, is it? It's almost like he then provides a service for the women. Yeah, the peeping, peeping is on. the peeping is basically: Are you interested? Are you interested um, in having sex with Elvis Costello? <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah that's basically that's what he does that's he he peeps to shag cold heart stuffing around the back of the urinals you know which can be painful <laughs> while he's peeping is he also pleasuring himself to let the ladies know what's on, what's available on the menu i think yeah he might give them a little little shifters yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and is he peeping to the same women every time at the tennis club? Well, I think the word gets around. <laughs> the uh, subscription for the tennis club's gone through the fucking roof. <laughs> <laughs> and is it, only the local ten- yeah. <laughs> is it only the local tennis court club? Does he go around the country? Would we find him at Wimbledon sort He's of bashing on one out Hill. behind Murray's Mound? Yeah. <laughs> He's on Henman's Hill, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I got there beforehand, but that's yeah. <laughs> that's my seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Murray's mind is. Murray's mind is just all of Mucklow's seeds just yeah. built up over years. Oh, it's ra- rather sermon of the mound. It's rather semen of the mound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think I, he he genuinely is king of the peepers without a doubt. With with oh, that yeah. score, he will be the top trump. Um, of peepers without a doubt okay random acts of kindness now putting all of his sort of peeper service um behind him which uh what would you class for his score for random acts of kindness paul you can go first well i think you can't separate the two so i i would say it's 80 percent. wow <laughs> because he's giving he's giving random acts of kindness in the um trouser you know Category all the time. He's giving it out, you know. He's offering I, a service. I, th- I think only the man that plays Martin Mucklow would give Martin Mucklow 80 out of random acts of kindness. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I've gone for five, and that is only because he didn't finish by putting the pillow over Kerry's face when, he, when she was born. But I think that's the only redeeming part of anything i've seen of of martin i don't think there's anything i can think of that makes me think oh he's not a bad lad he's not a bad lad actually you know he's got a heart of gold um yeah so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go five uh neil i didn't give him anything because there was nothing i could think of i bless martin but it random acts of kindness no you know if no, I couldn't see him doing any of that. Would he lend somebody a space station? No, he'd rather sell it, wouldn't he? Uh, so no, zero, I'm afraid, Paul. Um, as much as he does a service for the old ladies in the town, God knows what else he's supplying with for that as well. He yeah, he spreading. enjoys it too much for it to be a random. It's not random. Mm. You know, he might be spreading other stuff around these ladies that wouldn't necessarily give the other husbands kindness. Maybe itching. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I mean, the vi- the village is only so big. I mean, if if Martin's been been peeping for however many years he's been peeping, surely there's no other women left. But does he have to stay in the village? 
Well, it's got a van. You know, there's there's you know sisters come and stay with you know, and they've moved out and they come back and stay, and there's visitors and you know, there's there's a steady stream. <laughs> oh, dear you, me. Here's a question for him, Paul, for Martin. Would Martin peep on Polly, the vicar's wife? Um, well, he actually had the vicar's wife. <laughs> Uh, the vicar was doing some, um, you know, uh, the early service on a Sunday and Polly's never there, but apparently it gave, um, a new meaning to the word pony tunnel. Because <laughs> <laughs> Martin, Martin, for the first time in his life, got lost in there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why you never see Polly. <laughs> She's too she's shagged one, out. She's one fucking tunnel. No, it's, it's, it's you know. Insatiable. It's big, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time Martin never touched the side. <laughs> <laughs> there was an echo. <laughs> <laughs> another cut. That's another cut. That's a, <laughs> a note of what time that is there, so I'm just that's easy to sort out. Right, okay. I mean I never thought I'd see the day of Polly and Martin entwined in passion. I just uh Yeah, Polly, yeah, she's all right. Polly's Polly's yeah? All right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so eighty-five uh altogether there for random acts of kindness. Uh, for Martin, so uh, yeah, a surprising score. I must admit, I was thinking. <laughs> well, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be pushing ten. Uh, you know, all three right, of us, okay. but uh, but no, an eighty there, um, an eighty-five. <laughs> Jesus, right? Okay, cockwomble. So, how much of a cockwomble do we feel Martin is? Um, Neil, you go first. Eighty-five. I don't think he's the four hundred on the cockwomble. Um, but yes, come on. We see the, some of the things he's done, the way he's, spe- you know, no empathy. There's a cockwomble situation yeah. for you. Not even dropping his own daughter off at the police station. Is that not in his, you know, he's not going that way. So 85 for me. Okay. Um, Paul. 70. Okay. Okay. Yeah, think, you know. And what's your reasons for. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> 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 um i well what is a cockwomble that's the thing you know it it sounds a bit a bit of a prick yeah but it is a bit of a prick but yeah no, i think 70 you know he's mine's all right you know if you're one of the lads in the pub and you know mm. having a game of cribbage he's all right you know <laughs> if, you, if, of... if you if you weren't friends with him and you saw him in the pub I mean, you see him at the at the funeral where he's smacking the the, the fight machine. He's the sort yeah. of guy that you would stay away from in the pub because he's going to be the noisy bastard. That's mm. at, once he's had a little bit too much to drink, he's going to be the guy that's maybe going to pick a fight. And uh, but there was a few round the old punch bag machine, and they're laughing, and you know they you know they've let their air down and. Funeral, you know, have a bit of a laugh, you know. That's what it's about. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I went so, for eighty. You know. I, I think eighty. I think we're all around the same sort of thing. I think he. I don't think he's the biggest cockwomble because I think he has a lot more things wrong with him than than yeah. being a cockwomble. But 
But like Paul said, well, to his mates, he's a good laugh. He's not a cockwomble to them, is he? Well, until he gets totally wasted, I suppose. Maybe well, yeah, he is, or, we or until know. until somebody says that wrong thing, mm. and then he just he he changes, which which is coming on to the having a laugh bit. But it's that if somebody says that one wrong thing, I think he's he's very brittle with the, the way he feels he can be mm. very big and oh you know i've done this and and you know and then as soon as someone says that wrong thing uh like like curtain does with your big bold fanny he's up and he's gone you know or if you know all the gear no idea he he looks like he's gonna cry he just look you know it just that it's that what it doesn't have to be something really really bad or somebody even being physical with him but he just turns on a sixpence and that's the that's the thing I think with him is it leads into Cockwomble, but having a, well having a laugh, I've gone ten. I think ten for him because although his mates, he might have a laugh with his mates. I think again, you say that one wrong thing to him, and he he just straight away turns, and he's it's not funny anymore. Mm. So I don't think he's got a particularly good sense of humour, in my view. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, fifteen. Okay, right. Yeah, he's, he's he's not humorous. Is not his top thing. And yeah, you get beyond the first laugh, and you know someone's always you know takes the Mickey a bit, and that's as you say, that's it. You know, it's gone. So yeah, I think he likes telling bants. the. There's no bants. No, he likes telling the jokes, doesn't he? And then mm. so you sort of holding court, um, the whole Luke Norris yeah. thing. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, he doesn't like it if somebody else is telling the jokes. Mm, Neil, absolutely. I had twenty. Funny. Oh. Same reason. I think he, he thinks sometimes he's having a laugh and other people wouldn't. Um, but he's one of these, uh, I, you know, people that you see around that love to give it but can't take it. <laughs> We're not talking about... Well, that's after Siren Sester and But yeah, you know, he's definitely one of those, isn't he? he he'll, he'll give all the shit to the person, but anybody bites back, that's it. He's upset and you know, the toys come out the pram. Mm. I think when it comes to series three, that was the one thing that, that you wanted. Well, I, I've said it so many times that I wanted to see was Kerry actually give Martin a bit of stick back just to see what, how, how do you think he would react if, if Kerry turned round and sort of called him a bastard or something and, and called him out on his stuff? Yeah, I think he'd be quite shocked. But Kerry, you know, kind of, you know, reveres him, really. You know, yeah. To him. So, I mean, you know, I just, I just don't think it's going to happen, even though she turned on him, you know. Uh, but she's always going to love her da. Yeah. Do you think there's anybody in the village that Martin is scared of? Do you think he's scared of the vicar? Scared of fucking uh, his <laughs> wife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm not sure. Um, uh, maybe Alan's wife. I think she may. I think her sexual demands are quite strong. I think he's worried that one day, you know, he won't be able to satisfy her. I think that scares the living daylights out of him. Right. Uh, um, the vicar. I don't know. He's got absolute contempt for the vicar. Right. Absolute contempt. I'm not sure about Mandy. You know, I think um, she probably thinks he's a. You know. A, a, it uh um, yeah i think he might be a little bit wary of mandy who wouldn't be yeah and do yeah. you think do you think that 
Martin backs up all of his stories and they are all true, or do you think that they're all like bullshit stories just to make him look oh good? bullshit, yeah, absolute bollocks, yeah. Right. So yeah. you don't you don't think any of that stuff about Alan's wife and that is is true? It's all just Oh, I think Alan's <laughs> wife, yeah. No, I think he, he he shags Alan's wife, but I think yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I think the shagging's there. Right. Take so you can never take the shagging away from Martin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But I think some of the other stuff, you know, it might be bollocks, you know. Right. And and do you think he'll ever hang up the tennis racket cover and, and you know, and just and retire? No, I think he's one of the things... I think he's always going to have, you know, loaded bollocks, if you want. <laughs> I think it's always going to be there. He's never going to run out. He's never going to run dry. No. <laughs> Ample and supplies a big, and a big knob is a big knob, you know. Whatever age, you know. So and and again, so the thing is, that's that that's not bullshit. That's that's. I mean, Trevor, it sounds like we're talking to you now, Paul. But that's, that's... it's just acting, darling. Yeah, because <laughs> he has. I mean, he's. It, oh no, that's, it's too poor. It's sounding like I'm asking you, and that's not right. It's he's well, got I mean, idea, but he's got no yeah. idea. I mean, Alan's wife. He was a bit confused when Alan's wife said, um, uh, give me half a yard. He thought that uh, she wanted a, a foot race, but um, <laughs> he worked it out. Yeah, 18 inches. That's about right. That's half a yard. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's the secret's out. Yeah, half a yard. Half a yard. Well, they called him that at secondary school. Half, half a yard. Martin. Half a, half a yard muckler. <laughs> Off a yard muckler. <laughs> and it wasn't about his dwelling. Was... Anyway, there we go. The human yeah. tripod. Well, I mean, it's it's great to get a um an exclusive on the podcast, but there you go. We can there uh, we go. you know. Yeah. Right, so there you go. We've got his scores. So just recount got... them again, yes. Uh, yes, so got range, he's 48. Peeper, 97. <laughs> Random act of kindness, 28, which is three <laughs> times as much as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm going to need to look on our other scores and see if anybody has got like lower than Martin for random acts of kindness. Uh, Cockwomble, 78. And having a laugh, 12. So he is going to be top trumps for Peeper, without a shadow of a doubt. He's got to be, hasn't he? King of the Peepers. He's got to yeah. be. Ain't going to be anybody else that's going to top that score. Um, well, there you go. Before we, uh, obviously, we're going to uh, tell everybody how they can get their scores into us. Um, you're a busy boy, Paul. Mm. Aren't yeah. you? You've got quite a few things coming up, quite a few things uh, on the go, which I'm hoping you'll be able to tell us a little bit about. First of all, toast. Mm. Yeah, Toast is uh, a short film. Uh, I was asked by a um, a local director based in Swindon, Ollie Rogers, uh, young director, and, and his team to do a, a short film. Um, and without doing anything else, you know, we kind of an acting. And I, I wasn't really sure, but they sent me through the script. Um, it was great, really good. So I jumped at the chance, and we did kind of a, a two, three days shooting, filming. Um, it's a kind of 12 minute little thing. There's only one word in it. So it's quite a visual thing. So it reminds me of, uh, some of the stuff I grew up, the humor. Remember there's a thing called the plank, the oh, plank, yeah. Tommy uh, Cooper yeah, and Eric, Tommy Sykes. Cooper, Eric Sykes. 
So there's, there's a little bit of that in it. I just kind of, yeah, it kind of took me back and just really, really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, that, that that's tremendous. So we've, the, I saw the film for the first time the weekend uh, and um, there's a trailer out. Um, but now we're trying to get it, you know, sold really or, or onto TV. So I don't think it will see the light of day until we've exhausted that. And if that doesn't materialise, it will be kind of on on youtube or something you know right and is there is there like is there a a plan like a time plan of of that or it's just going to be touting it over to tv touting it over and hopefully maybe some film festivals and stuff and kind of seeing where it goes but it was on an absolute minimal budget you know and it was it was filmed on kind of like a normal camera so it was you know but it was it's great they it was so well written and um you know uh such a young team it really gave me kind of an oomph you know mm. so, so so creative so it was really really good to do yeah i absolutely loved it and how did you how did you find the like the being it's totally physical and and no i mean obviously it must be nice not to have to learn any lines yeah. Yeah, um but is that a completely different kind of acting uh yes i yeah i mean martin's quite visual in some respects but yeah it was um it's it's nice to do, you know, you have to kind of think about it and maybe, you know, you can't overdo it. There's a real kind of balance, I think, you know, um, uh, but I really enjoyed, you know, it was, you know, I got some really good direction and I try to underplay stuff, but it's quite difficult when it's, there's no, um, you know, there's, there's, there's no words other than one at the end, um, you know, to do that. But, you always look back and you think, oh, yeah, I could have done that a bit better. But I think generally I was really pleased. Yeah, I thought thought it was good. It really looks good on the trailer. I'm intrigued yeah. to see it. I, yeah. Really, yeah. I thought it was a great trailer. Mm. We'll, really put the, we'll put the link to the trailer in the mm. in the show notes if people want to, want to see Brilliant. that. Also, uh, oh, can oh. I ask one thing? Yeah, of course you can. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just going to ask about your evening with Martin Mucklow. That you've got the live shows all coming up. Some of them sold out already. Yeah. What, what can um, <laughs> what can people expect? I've got no idea. I've written it yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of Martin. I mean, there'll be stuff about the show, but he's kind of grown beyond that. You know, there's a lot going on with Alan's wife and things like that. So I can't wait to uh, ask people in the audience if there's anyone called Alan in the audience. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, so he's he's going to be at his absolute worst basically so it's just going to be martin up on stage you know against the world basically it's not going to be for the faint of heart i, I no 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 it's very much over 18 type thing you know yeah it's it's going to be end of the pier stuff you know excellent a lot of blue in it a lot of blue are you going to show your tats off I will for about four of them because that's all the only tats we've got left in the the BBC makeup. So we con- uh, my uh, manager contacted them or someone, uh, I contacted them, I can't remember. Anyhow, lovely Emily who was uh, did all the tattoos. So they've got about four sets left, I think. So all right. I won't better do them, but certainly for the Sirencester gigs, yeah, you know. Gotta be, isn't it? And I take it the plan will be then to take the show to the West End. 
Of course. Well, I'm, I'm already in the West End at the 100 Club, so that's kind of West End, but... Uh, Broadway um, next, then. What about Edinburgh? <laughs> Quite yeah, seriously. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a scream. Yeah, that'd be mm. So, with the whole sort of Martin Mucklow thing, would you... Would, I'm assuming you'd love to do something like a spin-off show with Martin... Or would you sort of like to put it away oh, after you've done the live shows? Would you like to do something new? Martin is basically my livelihood because, um, you know, during the first lockdown, I wasn't working. Uh, so I had to pay the bills. And along came the, the you know, the um, uh, celeb, you know, videos, which I would have never have ever done. Um, so um, Alex Lowe, you know, who, who does yeah. content. He said, you've got to get on it. You know, it, it's it's saved us, you know. Um, so that's really saved me. So Martin has kind of, I had to kind of reinvent Martin during that lockdown. So I started doing videos on Instagram. And, um, you know, he, he's kind of, I've, I've got to resurrect him. I think the kids are a, fit, a bit fed up. Think, Jesus Christ, you're still doing Martin. You know? <laughs> but, um, you know, he's, he's, sa- he's, he's saved the house, you know. You would have been out on the street otherwise. So I take it the kids haven't sort of said to you, that's fine about Martin, but don't go down this particular storyline in case in years to come. Yeah, they, nah, I mean, they, they haven't, I haven't asked them and they haven't said anything. (laughs) (laughs) You get a cease and desist from their lawyers. (laughs) But it's, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of Martin seems to be doing now on Instagram that, that was nothing to do with the show. He seems to have <laughs> a bit of out, out of control. So a lot of people probably sit there and think, what the fuck's he going on about? <laughs> no, but it's, it is good because um, you, you can see from the feedback that you get on Instagram, particularly when you're doing your messages, just how much. And there was a lovely video of somebody that got one of your messages and she, uh, she was like in tears. Like yeah. crying because she she got this birthday message from you that somebody posted yeah. up on Instagram. It was beautiful. So you you know as much as it's other people might going on is stupid, but it, it for somebody who's a massive fan, mm. it must be lovely to get a message from like someone like yourself. Yeah, I mean it's it it, it is extraordinary, and the, the great thing about Martin, of course, you know, whereas my mate Alex who dresses up as he's got to dress up as Clinton Baptiste and, you know, the background and the rings. Whereas I, you know, I sometimes do them in bed. I do them in the car. I do them in my dressing gown downstairs when I've just got up and I can say whatever I want to do. They want to shag their wives. (laughs) So you say whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, come back down the keepers and I'll give you a cold art stuff in and, you know, baby sham and a, you know. And that's what they want to hear, isn't it? They that's don't what want they it. want to hear. So it's, yeah. so it's, and I think, I think, as a nation, we've always liked that kind of humour. You know, that kind of uh, real basic kind of shagging. You know, I mean, it's a real British kind of stuff, isn't it? You know, end of mm. the scarred type stuff. And Martin's kind of part of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and it's also given me an insight as to. You know, just just how big the following is because I know you know obviously yourselves and the dump gang and stuff. But uh, I mean, I started in June and I haven't had one day where I've not had any any videos to do. Wow, which That's I awesome. think is incredible. You know, and you know, lots of Valentines. I'm getting lots of Mother's Day ones now. 
you know, so it's quite, you know, and all over the UK, you know, mm. and, and abroad, a lot in Australia, you get a lot in Australia. So well, for the reach. Seeing as we're fourth in Bulgaria, surely the Bulgarian contingent will start coming through. <laughs> Gotta have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, well, again, we will put the link to if you want to have a message um, to one of your loved ones from Martin Mucklow, we will put the link uh, in the show notes. Um, right. And, uh, you know, it could be a dream country for someone getting a cold hard stuff in from Martin Mucklow. You never know. <laughs> I know what my mum's getting from Mother's Day now. <laughs> 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 oh dear um yeah and your album what can you tell us about that um is it a is it a quiet thing or is it something that you're going to be shouting about well, it's a it's a few we're doing some gigs and and your son joe's obviously involved he is um, and one of the gigs is at the 100 club um so you think jesus um you know the sex pistols played there the who you know rolling stones you name clash and now me and <laughs> <some> siren. <laughs> so yes we're doing and we're doing the chow fest that's which your son doesn't know about yet um <laughs> oh he'll be there fest, don't you worry and uh, and uh we're hopefully doing um we're hopefully doing uh another charity game uh football match and the night before we hope to do a, a gig so uh just to be confirmed yet but um yeah, so they're doing a bit of music as well. So I, the trouble is, this is the time to do it. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm going to do a whole album, but, you know, wanting to record a few songs, certainly. So an EP, maybe. You know. After tonight, were there Oliver's Army or uh, watching the <laughs> Oliver's <laughs> Army. Look at me. That is, <laughs> that is Elvis Costello, but look at Paul Oliver's Army. <laughs> <laughs> a, my teeth are crooked that's why it's, i have got a tooth there it just doesn't look like it we'll bring back stars in their eyes for our live show paul just so you can come on. <laughs> oh dear um right neil would you like to tell our listeners no sorry just like you're taking a drink um it's up to them now they need to give us their scores for yes Martin Mucker. and I, one thing i cannot believe uh i was going to get the bell and do a like a shit house count. We've not said shit house once for Martin Mucklow tonight, apart from when I just said it twice then. So that's that's pretty good going. There you go. We've moved on from the shit house. <laughs> yeah, we've gone on to other S words that Neil yeah. said, <laughs> which we won't say again. Right. Tell everybody how they can get their scores in, Neil. Of course, you can uh, enter all your scores to us via all of our social media under This Country Pod. Please do it that way if you like. And give us a like while you're at it, if you haven't already done so. You can email your scores to us at wtafthiscountry@hotmail.com. Plus, you can do it via our website at wtafpodcast.com, where you can also get tickets for our farewell live show in November. That's it. November 20... Uh, yeah, November 26th at the Sundial Theatre, uh, WTAF Live for the farewell um it's going to be lots of fun hopefully everything will be sort of back to normal so we can hug and and have some fun and games that way uh patreon.com forward slash wtaf if you want to come and help support the podcast we've got some lovely rewards and um the 
weekly show, This Country This Week, every Wednesday, uh, where we can all just all get together and have a natter about everything that's happening in the world of this country and uh, play some games and stuff. So all that going on as well, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. So that's it, uh, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you, Paul. It's uh, been a real pleasure. It was really good to get deep inside Martin Mucklow. I love the way the eyebrows went up a little bit then. um, Holly said that you were a a mixture of Phil Collins and Bruce Willis. Yeah. Right. There you go. I'll take the Bruce Bruce Willis. I'm not sure about Phil Collins. Well, I think think she probably meant like, like looks for Bruce Willis and the music was Phil Collins. Maybe, I don't know. Or was it the other way around? <laughs> maybe it was the other way around. <laughs> or maybe was the looks of Bruce Willis and you kissed like Phil Bruce Collins. Bruce Willis's <laughs> second album was an absolute cracker. Yeah. Uh, first one was great. Return of Bruno. I, used to lo- I love that album. Anyway, that's going over to another completely yeah. different <laughs> uh, I mean, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much, you. Neil. Thank you, Pav. Yes. Thank you very much, everybody. And go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.